Welcome to Saturday Morning Retrospective. Ladies and gentlemen, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Retrospective with your hosts, Adam Ronan and Gordy. Hello there. Hey, folks. Um, happy Saturday. Yeah, happy Saturday to you. We got our imaginary bowls of, of cereal. Your imaginary cereal. What's that remind you of? How? <laughs> the room, man. The room. Um, yeah. So uh, we've got we've done a couple episodes of this show. We did uh, a brief overview of GI Joe for our debut episode. Then we did Thundercats. Uh, so if you are new to the show, this is your first episode. We always take a, uh, a retrospective look at a toy line and a cartoon from either the '80s or '90s and break it down. Share some memories from from our childhood and just kind of just geek out on stuff that we enjoy, which yeah. is mostly stuff from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. um, so like I said, uh, our last episode, we did Thundercats. For this third episode, we are doing... What are we doing, Gordy? Um, I will tell you what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are doing Mask, Mask, where the illusion is the ultimate weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a cool thing is they always uh, had like these really cheesy yet beautiful taglines for things. They did. Um, so... Mask was a cartoon and a toy line that uh, debuted in 1985 uh, from Kenner. Um, now, the main premise of, of the show revolved around the fight between an underground task force called Mask. And, uh, Gordy, do you know what Mask stands for? Yes, it stands for Mobile Armored Strike Command. Command? But how do you spell mask with a C? You don't. You spell it with a K. K. Command with a K. And if you know me at all, I'm totally fine with spelling words with Yes, K. he is. Yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> yep. Um, so, mask is, of course, in true 80s fashion, fighting against the villainous or criminal organization called Venom, which stands for, Gordy? Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we have our protagonist and antagonist mask is led by Matt Tracker, and Venom is led by the vicious, the evil Colonel Sanders. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Miles Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> um, who I think is, like, real, real, if we could be real, um, like D list Cobra Dude, Commander. D list. <laughs> like he's kind of chunky. And he's chunky. Looks like he just wants to give you fried chicken. Yeah. All, all his mission in the world is to just <laughs> swoop down and steal all the fried chicken from the world and give it to his criminal organization. Yes. For like a job well done. You stole the meteorite. <laughs> job well done, villains. Here's some fried chicken. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, <laughs> So that's there. Uh, and of course, before we get into stuff, if you guys ever have ideas for uh, future episodes, stuff that you want to see us cover on this particular show or any of our podcasts, because we do have a few of them mm -hmm. uh, across a few different channels, um, you can, of course, get us on Twitters with at Adam Ronan underscore XXIV or at Boss Battle Gordy. Or, of course, you can uh, get in there and chat uh, on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash R24. We will always uh, take paid donations to cover shows that you want to see. Uh, uh, so that's just something for you to know. And something that we are toying with that I think we might implement in the next couple of weeks is a Patreon exclusive commentary on the things that we are talking about in this show. So like, for example, right today we're talking about Mask. So if we would do it a Patreon exclusive Gordy and I commentary over mm -hmm. the first episode of Mask, which I think would be fun that you could only get on Patreon or at least a timed exclusive where it would be there for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that we're pondering if you are interested in that. Uh, get at us. We would love to discuss that notion with you. Um, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Now, before 
we get into the meat and potatoes. Let me ask yep. you this. Now, we loved Thundercats. We had a huge attachment to G.I. Joe. Yeah. Where in your psyche of nostalgia do you sit with Mask? Mask. I have a different relationship with the cartoon than I did with the toys. So cartoon, it's not up there. Yeah, but you the saw toys, it, but it was, you don't have a lot of memories. Yeah, I don't have a lot of memories. I know I watched it, or at least some of it. There was a good run of it, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the toys were pretty cool. For So for, you know, boys in the 80s, and still, uh, we love cars, some more than others. And, uh, I mean, these were freaking transforming cars. That's, and that's, I'm glad you said that word, transforming, yeah. you and your beard. Um, I think that mask was the gateway drug to transformers in a way, because uh-huh. you had these vehicles that with spring loaded articulations <laughs> transformed into yeah. a different vehicle, oh, yeah. which was like very easy with like the flip of a switch or a press of a button. They did these t- cool transforming things um, that could, because transformers, I believe also came out in 1985. If you were just getting into it, you could be like, Oh my God, this is really cool. And then someone add on your playground could be like, well, you think that's cool. Check it's, out transformers. Yeah. So it's like a really cool. And I think that's kind of what mask was for me a little bit. Although, if I could admit, I liked Mask a bit more than I like Transformers, uh-huh. and I actually like GoBots a whole lot more than I like Transformers. But um, odd man out. <laughs> yeah, that's true, very <laughs> much so. But that's a. I was. We were watching the commercials and we were watching the show, and I was like, "This is a real precursor to getting into Transformers." I mm-hmm. feel like for kids, and, and might have been. Um, so the cartoon. We'll kind of just start here. Of, um, of course, obviously. Uh, the mask versus venom after it's it launched in 1985 and spawned a variety of product, including, uh, had uh, a TV show that launched, uh, strictly from 1985 to 1986 and had a uh, uh, 76 75 episodes and it also had a toy line that actually spanned a little bit longer that ran all the way to 1988 um, and uh, had wow. four different series within and waves in that toy line that's impressive the 80s was a cutthroat it's crazy. time for toys it's totally and also and we mentioned this with Thundercats I think in the last episode but it blows my mind how essentially Mask had one season mm-hmm. and 75 episodes in a season when you think like now like, in 2018 <laughs> With seasons like on Netflix, you get like ten episodes a season. Game of Thrones, ten episodes a season. Sitcoms, you get twenty-two to twenty-four episodes mm-hmm, a season, like mm-hmm. Simpsons and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but back then, with these childlike cartoons with He-Man and Thundercats and all these shows, they had like sixty, seventy episodes a season. It was yeah. fucking crazy yeah. for uh, the animators, um, I suspect. Um, which is probably why they cut a lot of corners with like three-frame. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, and speaking of the animators, uh, so the cartoon was produced by French-American Deke. Um, Deke. I remember Deke very yeah. well. They had a oh, yeah. Deke and uh, a bunch of other companies had their hands in almost all of our memories. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, so Deke and Kenner Products uh, teamed up to bring us the mask cartoon. And of course, the series was based on the mask action figures. Now, one thing that's fun uh, to know a little bit of history about this time, like 1985, 1986, is there was a huge movement by parents to demonize these uh, these cartoons. It was like a, um, a lot of stuff against them because um, parents saw these uh, cartoons as uh, uh, just commercials to sell toys masked, no pun intended, mm-hmm. as entertainment. So these were cartoons that were just basically just 22 minute long commercials to sell toys to us impressionable children. Yeah. Um, and this was one of the things that parents uh, definitely campaigned against. They're like, you're just trying to sell my kids' toys. Yeah. Now, in watching, uh, we were watching uh, Toy Galaxy and uh, Dan Larson. And he, 
big fan of him. He always makes a lot of points I like. And yeah. one thing that he brought up when I was watching his mask thing, just to kind of do some research on what other people were saying, is he was like, I watched, and I totally agree with this point, um, I watched these 22-minute commercials as a kid because I loved seeing toys in animated form going on adventures yes, to inspire me to do exactly. things. So it's like while adults were like, oh my God, this is bad for the kids, us kids were like, hell yeah. Sell us these tid, these toys because I want to watch animated versions of the toys of, that I'm about to go to the store and buy yes. to inspire yes, adventures. Yes, exactly. And it's like that was totally fine for me. So mm-hmm. like I was well aware that I was watching commercials. Commer- yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. some of the best part of watching the shows back then was for the commercials that would be in between. You know, in the commercial breaks, it was like you're seeing because toy commercials back then for action figure lines were really just like little mini 30 second exciting episodes mm-hmm, for you because mm-hmm. it was like you were like oh my god because there was toy lines that i had and we'll get into this in future episodes where i would strictly i had recorded the toy commercials and had them on vhs tape and would watch them over and over again because maybe there were some toys line uh, figures or play sets in that toy line i didn't have so i would watch those commercials over and over again to i don't know fantasize about having quality marketing going on totally isn't it <laughs> but, but here's the thing like how i see it when i was a kid Deke was wholesome. Deke! Uh, these these Which cartoons. Which is a funny word to say, Deke was wholesome. Deke. Yes, it is. <laughs> but they were they were marketing to us kids, yeah, and they were uh, marketing directly to us. And you know, some people thought that that was bad, and maybe it was. But uh, they were adding value to our lives that allowed us to imagine and have these incredible adventures. Mm-hmm. So, Ex- Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was sinister. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I think parents were just... Every it doesn't matter what Wound generation up. you are. Parents are always trying to find something to fucking cry about. Yeah, yeah. and that was the thing in 1985. It was: Are your kids going to do the marijuanas, and are they being fucking sold toys too much? You know? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, so uh, as were a lot of the to- uh, to- uh, to- uh, cartoons back then, it was animated in Japan. Um, so this one had a-, a bunch of different studios that worked on it: Studio Juno, St- Studio World. Uh, KK Deke Asia, um, all, all and Ashi Productions, all kinds of different uh, companies kind of came together to, which you would really probably have yeah. to have to pump out seventy five episodes. Yeah, dude, so much. Yeah, and you can kind of tell when you look at these some of the uh, reflective qualities oh, on yeah, the masks very, very and anime. electricity, the, yeah, the mask anime. qualities. And, and it's funny because anime. back then we. I don't think even you yet at this time, like in when we were four and five years old, had a frame of reference of Japanese animation. So we had no yeah. idea that all these shows were like had that anime quality. But then yeah. later in the '90s, when we f- discovered anime, we we're like, "Oh, I, I see the, the yeah, correlation yeah, yeah. between the things." Um, so, like I mentioned, this lasted 75 episodes, spanning just one year until 1986 upon its cam- cancellation. Um, but the premise, like we went over before, but the, led by Mac Tracker, who uh, operated transforming armored vehicles in their ongoing battle against the criminal organization Venom, mm-hmm. uh, led by Miles Mayhem, aka uh, Colonel Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Um, the cool. The, that was also one thing, but then the real standout feature to this uh, show and the toy line was an emphasis on super-powered masks. They would mm. one that would come over and give them some sort of like unique powers. Which, of course, now as an adult and we see the, the, the marketing standpoint, that was of course say like, "Hey, put on a mask, and then your guy can do whatever you want him to do." Yeah. You know, it's yeah like Every, the parents saw it as a nefarious, but I see it as like you're inspiring your kid to use your imagination. Just yeah, get the mask on. What do you want him to do now? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I don't have a lot of memory, much like Gordy, of the cartoon. I know I saw it, but we were we watched the first episode to rekindle the love. Yeah. I mean, there is one thing I remembered, like the second mask. Like as soon as we were started talking about it, that popped into my head. So, but when we were watching a cartoon and they're all sitting around and the masks came came down, spinning down, it like flooded my mind with this nostalgia. I was like, I remember watching this for sure. Yeah, the toys were really kind of the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, The toy line was much more successful than the cartoon. Uh, The mass toy line ran from 1985 to 1988, releasing four official series and waves through those years. Um, Each series featured a common, a group of common vehicles with the ability to transform into armored combat vehicles. And most vehicles came with one or two drivers, each driver, of course, having a mask. Um, now, the toys and figures um, were in a two-inch scale, which... Weird, right? It's weird. Um, not uncommon. Um, now, of course, three and three-fourth inch scale was really kind of the norm at this time, uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of toy lines uh, taking on a three and three-fourth inch scale brought upon by G.I. Joe and Star Wars. There were tons of lines that had the three and three-fourth inch scale. Of course, it was also not... Super commonplace because we also had five inch scale and like He Man and Thundercats and all these different scales were crazy, but there wasn't a ton of toys that had in a two inch scale, especially with articulation. So, with articulation, these had seven points of articulation. Yeah, um, so you had a head, you had swivel arms, you had legs and knees. Yeah, um, which was cool, but I loved the two inch toy line. Now, <laughs> there is another toy line that we'll do a future episode on that I we haven't done it yet because I just, I'm so passionate about it. It's going to be a very long episode. Yes. Dino Riders was also a two inch mm-hmm. scale. Ooh. The benefit to the two inch scale is um, price points, really. It was They put them in a two inch scale because you had all these huge vehicles. You had place that's like Boulder Hill, which was a huge gas station built into this mountain Dude, that Hill. turned into a fortress. Massive. Now, if these were in a three and fourth inch scale or even a five inch scale, these play sets would be massive. Yeah. And of course, then parents wouldn't be able to afford them. Thus, sales wouldn't be very big. Yeah. However, I feel like they did a very, very good job with the detail in such a small scale. Cars had real rubber tires, and yeah. on the tires were their official Goodyear tires. Goodyear, cool. yeah. Um, a lot of the vehicles had working seatbelts, so you could strap your guys in. Um, we had uh, chrome. We had undercarriage details, all kinds of stuff. Um, the masks, however, were very small in the first initial outing of mask figures. Mm-hmm. The masks, put them on your figures. But in that two-inch scale, they're mm-hmm. very easy to get lost in the midst of all your stuff. Yes. Snuggles would eat them probably. Freaking snuggles. Fucking snuggles. Um, so uh, kids and parents alike would get frustrated by this, forcing Kenner to retool the size of the masks in later editions of the Waves, where they became a little bit bigger and bulkier yeah. with ch- chest attachments. Um, probably primarily whenever you look at mask stuff, you'll see the bigger masks with the chest pieces that click on yeah Um, because i think it was real short-lived when it was just the masks on the head so if you find the smaller masks it's much more rare man i wonder so i had matt tracker Mm -hmm. um with uh the hot rod is what i call it Mm because it reminds me of the transformer but uh uh i wonder what size mask i had i have no idea First wave if or later? You, if you got it in 1985, yeah, I suspect you probably snagged it with the small mask because I'm, it wasn't until later when people, after the line was established, people were losing the accessories. They're like, "This sucks." And then Kenner was like, "All right, well, let's retool the masks for late, for newer editions." So if you got on the line right when it first came out, you probably had the small mask. Wow, I mean, it's probably in that red little bucket you used to have. 
<laughs> Actually, I don't even know if it was mine or my brother's, but I certainly played with it. Hmm. Well, you were four when Mask launched, so I don't know if that's like an age appropriate to really toy. Yeah, what kind of toys you want to buy? Oh, yeah, gotcha. So, especially, I don't know. Choking hazards were a thing, but back in the eighties, parents gave no fucks. No, it was like you go out, play, do what you got to do. Yep. Just come back here's, by eight p.m. for dinner. Yep. You here's know. the keys to the car. Here's a shotgun. <laughs> here's some meth. Uh, it's a new thing. Meth will be popular in the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, when because uh, when that came out, you were four, and I was three ish. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I was three ish. So. I probably didn't get into masks till like 86, 87 yeah. in the later lines. Um, so I probably never had the small heads, yeah. the small masks. Um, most vehicles featured some sort of uh, spring-loaded auto transformation with the ability to transform into armored combat vehicles supplemented by manually positioned parts. Despite not using die-cast metal, the toys were built of high-quality detailed uh, using uh, user-applied stickers, paint, chrome, rubber tires, like we mentioned. Some vehicles and tires were even licensed, and um, the vehicles looked like real vehicles. Uh, yeah. Just, of course, all they were quality. They were super quality. When we reviewed like the commercials for this, I like was surprised. I, I remember them, but man, they, they were uh, quality toys. At least that first line was super They were quality. awesome. Yeah, because yeah. then, of course, like we mentioned, they had four different lines, and then yeah. they kind of started to lose their way, I feel. Yeah. Um, as mentioned, each vehicle included a pilot figure with a removable science fiction mask, etc. Um, the windowless, they came in these cool windowless boxes. And that's one thing I remember the most is going to the stores, seeing these awesome boxes on the shelf and being like, oh, fuck yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so dope. Yeah. Um, because there was something that I feel like is a lost art to toys these days is toy packaging. It's not as, I don't know enticing and cool as it once was just look at a carded gi joe figure i mean oh man yeah perfect it's perfect but of course as the day and age that we live in toys are of course now more marketed to 30 year olds you know Mm -hmm. to collectors whereas kids aren't really playing with toys a whole lot so packaging now is starting to shift into a cool more retro packaging to appeal Mm -hmm. to us those of us that have the memories um like i was uh, at target the other day and they had the neca version uh neca Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street figures, mm-hmm. which I have a couple of that I bought a ways back. But now the newer packaging is box figures that had opening windows, but the boxes are the horror movie posters. Oh, worn. Looks like 86. Smooth. It's very cool. Um, I love packaging. I think packaging is one of the coolest things about older toys and collecting. That's yeah. why now in my older age, when I'm buying toys from when I was a kid, I want them in packages. You can see on this wall over here, like the Battle yes. Beast package. Look at that fucking Food Fighters package. They're just, it's just, it's just, it's just, an art form all on its own that I feel like has been lost. You can't see it, uh, or if you're listening, you definitely can't see it. But over to the left here is my wall of toys here. A lot of stuff is from the 80s there. we got Beetlejuice, Supernaturals, Madballs, Food Fighters, Ninja Turtles, Battle Beasts, Captain Power, Monster in My Pocket, which is 90s. But they're all very appealing. If you were to be a kid to walk through the toy shelves and see those and see Mask along in there, you would just be like, I need everything. Um, yeah. And I think that mask really definitely sold itself. Oh, yeah, its absolutely. Um, so, of course, the late in the first series, or perhaps in the early in the second, the first uh, wave main character figures were also sold in two packs on blister cards with their masks, um, much like you'll see there, like Battle Beasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is not uncommon for the two inch scale line of figures. Uh, Dino Riders also did this because, much like Dino Riders, masks you had to buy. 
the play sets to yeah. get the figures. And I don't remember really what price points were back then. But eventually, of course, down the road, kids also wanted figures. So they released uh, two packs, just like Dino Riders did. Um, and then, um, so, yeah. Oh, and then, of course, uh, where am I at? Then later on, so they had the two packs and the blister packs with the mask. Then they had uh, unique versions of the characters, quote unquote, available on carded adventure pack adventure sets pack. with tra transformable figure accessories. So uh, one of them I was mentioning to you had the kid with like the RTDTC3PO ripoff guy. Oh, uh, I can't think of the T Bob. T Bob. Yeah. So that was like one of the adventure pack assortments. Um, so the first two series featured an assortment of different types of vehicles, mostly based on the normal vehicles on the road at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, this would basically be your standards, you had the semi-truck, you had the uh, car that turned into a helicopter and stuff like that. Yeah. These were all just regular stuff. That was the first Series 1 and Series 2. Then the third series focused on the line uh, like you were talking about earlier that was mm -hmm. like racing and stunt themes uh, with the vehicles uh, disguise modes being various race cars, transporters, and stunt vehicles. Yeah. I think that's kind of where... where it, after that, it yep. kind of... And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Uh, so... That was the third series. Then the fourth series went a step further in engineering and science fiction with split seconds. This was each vehicle divided into two independent vehicles for its battle mode. The second vehicle was piloted by a translucent plastic hologram figure version of the driver. So you get two different figures. One was like, you know how they had... Uh, like mail-away figures you could get. Yeah. They were like yeah. Oh, this God. is what the, the, the elusive mail This was like their last ditch attempt to try to capitalize on sales. Um, yeah. Now, I was doing a lot of research on transformerland.com. I had a lot of great information on Mask, and they say here, quote, despite its massive initial success, domestic interest in Mask waned during the third series. By the split second series, the toys became quite scarce in the U.S., and as with many toy lines, the last series eventually found its way over to Europe, where the toy line endured a little bit stronger before finally dying off completely in yep. 1988. All right, P. And that was... Uh, that was Mask from 1986 to 88 with the cartoon and the toy line. Yeah. Of course, there were other instances in media. Um, so what was cool is when you bought a Mask toy in mm -hmm. the box, the first Mask comic, they, it would come with a comic. The first Mask comics were three mini comics produced by Kenner that were packaged with the vehicles in the first series, 1985. After the success of the franchise, DC Comics picked up the rights and produced a special insert, which appeared in several comic books dated September to November 1985, to launch a four-issue miniseries. Mm -hmm. um, this was soon followed by another insert in comics dated from June to November 1986, and a regular series that only lasted nine issues going from February to October 1987. Did you ever read any of these comics? I don't know, I don't honestly. I, I was uh, young. They were floating around mm -hmm. in the 80s. Uh, I Maybe I remember one... The cover of them, but that's yeah. it. But I, I can honestly say I love the the trio of the, so the eighties trio of mm -hmm. marketing to kids is, I, I love it. I think He Man started it, but we got uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got the toy. Well, that's the thing. Then we got the comic book. Yeah, yeah. And then we got the cartoon. Exactly. It's it's beautiful. Well, that's the thing with He Man that you're mentioning is they when they had the toy, <laughs> he just pulled it out of his ass. He was like, well, <laughs> yeah. we gotta have something. He's like, oh, we're doing a comic book, even though yeah. And then so they had to whip out a comic book, which ended up being really cool. And then the show spawned off of all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. The trifecta of of geek shit of was awesome. Really kind yeah. Of what shaped us as people. So of course, all those things kind of died out when Mask died out. Uh, mm -hmm. The comics were short-lived. Uh, however, 
fast forward to current day and age where people that played with masks as uh, kids are now adults. Uh, mask was represented at the 2011 New York Comic Con by Hasbro because Hasbro cannibalized Kenner uh, mm-hmm. some time ago and now, of course, owns all those properties. And they're working towards some sort of shared universe where, like, Mask and G.I. Joe and all these other properties are in this one cohesive universe because that's the thing to do now. Yeah. Are cinematic and shared universes. Uh, so, uh, anyway... Um, Mask was presented at the Comic-Con by Hasbro in a convention-exclusive one-shot comic titled Unit E. (laughs) You understand (laughs) what I'm saying there? Unit E. Yes. Um, That featured various Hasbro licenses. So this was like a combine of all of them. That comic was written by Andy Schmidt. Mask was repackaged there as a rogue quasi-law enforcement agency battling corruption in Detroit, led by Matt Tracker and four original team members, including a married couple. That's... uh, Take it from Wikipedia. So, hmm. um, which I think is interesting how, of course, they shape it to be more modern enforcement agency battling corruption in Detroit. Because yeah. if you think about the 80s, like it was essentially kind of a G.I. Joe ripoff. Yeah. With Venom. With it's like Cobra. Yeah. It's like yeah. in the fucking discount. In discount villains, man. Discount Cobra Commander. Yeah. Um, so, it's a, of course, you had to evolve that. Um, and then in 2016, the franchise was reintroduced as part of IDW's Revolution crossover series mm-hmm. with writing by Brandon Easton, artwork by Tony Vargas. Matt Tracker has now uh, shifted in um, gender, not gender, um, gender, race. Whoa. <laughs> He's, yes, it's Martha Tracker. Uh, Matt Tracker has now been depicted as an African American in the series. Easton described the character as, quote, an engineering genius and an intellectual bad boy who's been in this search of stability since the loss of his father at an early age. Now Matt Tracker has some depth to his humanity. Mask branched out into its own series in November 2016, but then was canceled by IDW after 10 issues, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yeah. Final issue came out August 23rd. 2017. Yeah. I have not admittedly read any of the newer Mask stuff. I've not. My yeah, last I, experience with Mask was in 1988. <laughs> yeah. I do not remember these. I didn't even notice them. Uh, if I'd known more about, if they had uh, been more vocal about this uh, creation and the universe they were trying to create, maybe I would have noticed, but I it went under my radar. Totally. And what's weird is because I love IDW. IDW yeah. has resurrected Ninja Turtles. They, I think they were the ones that did the G.I. Joe comics. They really are like Captain capitalizing on all the franchises mm-hmm. that we grew up loving. So it's interesting to me that it went under my radar when they did Mask series. Yeah. So I will be definitely going up and uh, picking those over. Um, so the series was canceled. The characters from uh, Brandon Eason's version of The Mask uh, returned later in 2017 as part of IDW's First Strike crossover series, featuring both a one-shot and a six-issue miniseries. So uh, with that, so there's like a, almost like 20 issues of comics that we should probably pick up and do some reading. Yeah, we should take a look at those, definitely. I mean, check those out on Comixology, so just so we don't have to go uh, to yeah. nerdy comic book stores and try to fucking th- thumb, through thumb through for through three months. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know also, though, Gordy, that there was video games? I think you did. I think I did. Now, why don't you tell me about some video games? Um, Okay, so there's three video games beginning Mm -hmm. in 1987. British software house, Gremlin Graphics, which Mm. that's a great name. Gremlin Graphics? Oh, yeah. Straight up. Now, when did Gremlins come out? The Gremlins movies? It was like 1985, I think. Yeah, 85-ish. Why don't I tell you? Yeah, look that up. I'm going to, because it just makes sense for... Gremlins... 
Uh, so Gremlin Graphics released a trilogy of computer games based on the Mask franchise for various 8-bit computer formats. Um, did you uh, did you do you remember these at all, or have no. you only seen these from current perspective? Yeah, the first time I saw them was today. Oh, okay. But I did have a Commodore 64, which every time I see Commodore 64 footage of games, uh-huh. I'm like really impressed. Yeah, because uh, I remember the Commodore 64 being very like. like you know, like uh-huh. text-based adventures. My brother would play a bunch of text-based RPGs and shit on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I see games like like we were watching, I was like, oh, my God, that looks like a real Like a game. game. Like, what? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have any of those. Um, but there, yeah, there were three that came out on the the, the uh, Commodore 64. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what other platforms. It's probably... Well, there, there, yeah. I The Commodore 64 was the most notable. M- most of notable. Them. The other yeah. ones were kind of uh, obscure platforms. Nothing very... Well, of course, Nintendo had just barely even surfaced at this time. Yes. So, they're, of course, they're new no on ports. the new kids on the block, mm. innovating their heads off. Nice, yeah. Girl, don't girl, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the first game was uh, a vertically viewed two D game. It was so. This is a top down game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember this one, but uh, we watched some footage of it, and it was pretty sweet because uh, it showed the playset. Yeah, it's got the Boulder Hill. Yeah, like, in right in form. the game. That's yeah. so cool. It looked, it was actually cool. It was something that we probably would have had some fun playing. Yes, when we were absolutely. Kids. The controls, I imagine, were pretty, a little pretty complex, wonky. Probably they were wonk. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. Uh, we got here. The premise of that game is Venom had propelled Boulder Hill into a time vortex, and the player must rescue the other members of Mass Team by collecting and reassembling parts of a scan key, which then directs the players to a location of the missing personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, the game was favorably reviewed, although noted by some that the tie into the franchise was quite tenuous, and only the graphics rather than the storyline gameplay connected to the Mass franchise. Yeah. I mean, that's a weird that's like, premise for a game anyway. That's a staple of, of uh, like... Private or uh, you know IPs mm-hmm. to video games. It's like oh, yeah. the tenuous is the word to describe That's all the of them. All of those games from the '80s that were like on NES, Commodore 64, that were licensed games. We're talking Ghostbusters, ET, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Mask, Monsters in My Pocket. All mm-hmm. of these games had nothing to do with the IPs that they were tied to, other than characters being placed in there. Yeah, you were jumping over fucking floating. Freaking doll head, doll head, shit. yeah, just like all kinds like of weird so shit. Yeah, the games back then never made a lick of sense. It was like the Back to the Future games from LJN. Uh-huh. On, um, oh on my NES. god, how bad those were, bad. and how it like just had a passing resemblance to the actual films. Yeah, but it was the only thing we had, so we like fucking played the shit out of it. Yeah, but, um, exactly. Yeah, those were bad. They were super bad. Super. Speaking of, if I can just side note, uh-huh. it would be really cool to have a next-gen Back to the Future game. And I'm not talking the Telltale series that came out in, like, 2013. I'm talking, like, a full-blown open-world time-traveling to... You'd have, like, this huge hill valley that you oh. could, like, time-travel and experience different times of Dude, you're location. talking my language. That well, would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. Hmm. I'm on board. That would be cool. Um, so then they had the second game, which we didn't actually see footage of because the video we watched... The game crashed for him, right? But that was a yeah. side. That, that was more that traditional was a, game. Yeah, that was a side scroller. Um, uh, shoot you, which one of these do you remember the most? I do don't you have memory. I don't remember the third. I think it's the second one. Uh, vaguely, uh, my neighbor had a Commodore sixty four, and uh, what? 
I think a better thing would be is what didn't that particular neighbor have? He I don't everything. know. Yeah, he had everything. There was, was everybody had those if, kids. I feel like I feel like he uh, it was like the only kid that for some reason had like a full time job. <laughs> he could afford it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know, you had those kids, the neighbors mm-hmm. that uh, that kid had everything. He had the Transformers or whatever. And you're always so jealous. My so that was your kid. That was your guy. Yeah. Um, and I knew him too. I hung out with him, but not as much as you did. But my kid was Kelly Triptoe. Yeah. I grew up with. I just went to school with. But I would always go over to his house after school. He fucking. He had everything, dude. He had the giant T Rex from Dino Riders. He had uh. the fucking Ghostbusters firehouse. He had all the things that I did not have. Um, yeah. And I remember the one thing that he had that I wanted so badly was he had the Ghostbusters. Um, uh, role playing. Oh, the that shot the, the, foam. the pack. Boom. Oh, and, and the packs. Dude. Yeah, and the packs. And I would go over and we'd like hunt ghosts in his basement. And I was like so jealous of the fact that he had that. Yeah. That, how do how and do you become one of those kids? <laughs> your dad like works for IBM or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's well, mine did. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But he had like four hundred kids. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and then, of course, then they released the third game, uh, the final game in the Mask Trilogy, Mask 3, Venom Strikes Back, released in 1988, and it was a 2D horizontal shoot 'em up mm-hmm. That game, we watched some footage of that. Holy that game shit. looks hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks really hard. Uh, these games were not balanced. No, not at all. This was like the pinnacle of difficult side-scrolling. Yeah. Um, that it... Kids didn't beat that game. There isn't a kid out there. Oh, there is. I'm sure of it. Maybe. Can imagine trying to play that kind of game, but on a keyboard. Well, yeah, it would be. Yeah, dude, that'd be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I never uh, adapted to the keyboard when I was a kid. The controller was like you merely ad- magic. You merely adapt to keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored into it. Um, yes, continue. Oh, I was just saying that, like the joypad. Uh, Atari was pretty good. All the controllers that I did not like. I think it was ColecoVision with the wheel. None of those. The keyboard didn't adapt to. What about the second master system with that fucking weird square... Oh god! Rounded edge, square D pad. That was terrible. Because there was actually no such thing as a D pad until the NES. That NES they man, the D pad. And you, the first time you put that in your hand, you're like ten minutes into the game. You're like, this is this is life right here. This Thank is you, life. Nintendo. And it's still life. <laughs> completely. Yeah. Uh, almost every game, I am exclusively a D pad. Even if there's the option for the sticks. Yeah. Um, like fighting games, I'm like a D pad player. Like it's just how I grew up. It's what's embroiled in my DNA. Yeah. I would not be. Uh, able to pick up a Commodore 64 and then skillfully be able to play um, any of these games. I don't. It would have be keyboard. tough. And well, there was no keyboard and mouse. I don't yeah, think it was, was just a, a keyboard. It was just, it was just keyboard and keyboard. They might have had some other peripherals. I don't remember any of them, um, but I'm sure they did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. Yeah. After Mass 3 came out in 1988, the cartoon had been long dead from there and by a couple of years. The toy line was uh, dying out in Europe. Yeah. And then Mask was lost to the ages until its brief comic resurgence in 2011 yeah. through 2017. Um, there's been talks of rebooting Mask uh, in different ways. There's supposed to be a, a movie being developed by Hasbro, oh. but that there's that's kind of, I think, stuck in development hell. Um, if it's anything like Battleship movie they did, it's oh, God. probably we better off. Probably better off made. in our memories. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Any final uh, recap thoughts that you want to say on Mask? Uh, yeah, I just want to say that I thought that those were really clever toys, man. They were the best toys. Yeah. That's not true. They were good toys. They were good toys. They were very clever, uh, like transforming cars. Uh, they really were marketed to us as oh, kids. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what what cartoon wasn't really yeah. at the time? Um, another cool thing about Mask is, because we were watching, um, another de- just long dead thing is the uh, public advert, uh, public notices at the end oh, of the dude, episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. The one, like, at the end of the first one, the fucking kid, the baseball light goes into the road. Into the road. He and picks it up, and then Matt Tracker's like, remember, kids, when playing in the street, look both ways. Yes. Like, yeah. The, which, that was a very common message. It was totally common. Yeah. And why? Um, you, you brought up a good point? Well, I mean, they had to have those because the parents were out to freaking shut this down. So, you know, some of these studios... You had to throw it in there to uh, be like, no, see, we have educational stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. And, you know, because we're crazy kids out in the street freaking all day. and Because back then, your kids would just be like, go outside, play, come back at six for dinner. Yeah. It was like, watch out for cars. Yeah. Don't if you take get drugs from strangers. If you get in a fight, figure it out yourself. Yeah. If you, you know, you, some adults mean to you, figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the way it was. Man, yeah. kids today. I feel like an old piece of shit because I'm like, kids today. <laughs> get off my lawn. Bunch of fucking slobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, man, all you had to worry about back then was not getting hit by cars. Car. Yeah. And, um, not getting kidnapped and (laughs) even though you're right the crime rate was much higher than it was much less scary to be a kid yeah it's like don't take drugs don't get hit by cars now it's like watch out for bullets they're going to strike you from any which direction (laughs) just like the news is overwhelming so yeah yeah, mm -hmm. it's It's crazy um, guys, if you are watching this as a video version of the, the show on our YouTube channel, Paper of Plastic, check out the uh, subscribe button. It's there. It's just popping over to you. It's like, womp, womp, womp. Click it. Mm. Click the bell so you know when new shit's popping. And if you're listening to this as an audio version of the podcast, well, rate it. Give Please it some do. stars. Give it some yeah. positive reviews. Give You're like, I like these guys. They're cool. They have cool voices. They talk about shit that's fun. Um, if you want to see better produced versions of these shows and you have the ability to support the shows even further, check us out on patreon.com slash R24 so you can be cool. Oh, by the way, Gremlins came out in 1984. Oh, geez. Circling back to that. Perfect. Um, but if you want to be cool, much like uh, our good friend uh, Ego Trip, Creepy Buddy, Oh, yeah. He's cool as fuck. Quality human beings. He's a beings. quality human being. You can be quality human being like Stephanie Chapel, or like Diabeto 63 or Muffled Scream, or even Joe Moyer, the wrong channel, Joe, with his excellent mm. YouTube channel and his streams, or the bearded Eli Smith, yes. Osama. If you want to be cool like them, and you want maybe possible uh, one and only access to those commentaries we're going to work on doing, yeah. patreon.com slash r24media. Nope. Oh, wait, no. Patreon.com <laughs> slash R24. It's R224. Yeah. No. Um, that's it, guys. We're out. Gordy? Yeah. Say mask. 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 Sharona. There's so many songs that have done the mama mama. You're right. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>